sharing your experiences could I just start by asking you to tell us a bit about yourself where you've worked so far um, and what you applied for yeah sure so my name is Kriti Vasan Raman I'm one of the IMT3 currently based in Hinchinbrook it's a small DGH just north of Cambridge I trained in Glasgow qualified from Glasgow I did my F1 F2 in the west of Scotland and then moved down to Cambridge for my IMT training did it first in Papworth second in Edinburgh and now in Hinchinbrook and I have a huge interest in gastroenterology, hence why I've applied for the SD4 number this year. And I've got a job this year and I'm heading to London for my SD4. Yeah, congrats. Great. And so did you always want to do gastroenterology or was it something that evolved later on? I think I've always had a good amount of interest in gastro during my clinical years. And uh, it was helpful for me when I had a gastro job in my F1 and I worked with a fantastic team. It was a huge gastro unit back up in uh, Glasgow. And I think that sort of sealed uh, my interest. And I knew I was going to want to do gastro long term. And I've just worked my way, made sure my CV. So I think I sort of, it, it was quite helpful for me that I knew what I was going to do early on. And I sort of just started building my CV just purely based on gastro. And yeah. not, not many other specialties really on my CV, I must say. So, so when you had that thought in your head that you wanted to do gastro mm-hmm. and say, let's say from, let's go all the way back to FY1 onwards, what sort of things did you do that you think really stood out and that you were able to bring out in your interview? I think early on, I got involved in many QIPs and uh, clinical research projects because I knew I was going to do this long term. So I thought that sort of helped me because obviously I, I had a, that led me to a few presentations and posters and oral presentations, which obviously contributed to the marks on the application. And I knew I was going to do gastro once and why I did the MSc as well, part-time. So there was a two-year course at Queen's Mary University of London, uh, which I did part-time while doing my MT training, just sort of to boost my CV and also just to give you a bit more clinical knowledge in gastro. So I thought, yeah, I sort of prepared a few years before even IMT started because I thought I needed time because obviously the MSc took two years and I needed to do complete that before the application opened uh, to be able to get the marks. Yeah, I think it's really useful if you do know what you want to do to be able to do that long-term planning because even QIPs and research projects can take a couple of years to actually come to the stage when you can count them and refer to them. And so when you you actually were preparing for your interview, you came on the Optimize interview course. But aside from that, did you practice or get any advice from other people? Uh, I think because obviously the interview format this year was slightly different compared to previous years. And they've skipped a year of application. So I didn't really know many people who have done sort of interviews, but I spoke to many consultants and sort of get the advice, sort of what uh, sort of qualification, what exactly they were looking for in interviews, because some of the consultants I work with have been interviewers yeah. before. So they sort of knew what sort of qualities, things they were they were looking for out in an interview. I thought that helped. I did speak to many registrars and sort of get tips from them. But I think what helped me mo- mostly is that I went to the application scoring and made sure I was just ticking all the boxes quite early on, just to make sure that I've not missed anything or just started, because obviously I had a few gaps as well in my CVs. So I sort of just built on and tried to fill in all these gaps. Yeah, fine. So when did you start thinking about your application form then? How early on did you start thinking about the scores? I think when I, when I first started IMT1, I just I just had a look at the scoring system because I knew I was going to take a few years to try to achieve all this. Uh, so I thought I, I started round about at the start of IMT1, just looking through the scoring systems and finding out what I need to do in order to get 
those marks. I, I mean, it's impossible to get full marks in everything unless I do PhD and stuff in research, uh, which I, I didn't do, obviously. Uh, but I was just trying to, so I, like, for because I didn't do any, uh, I didn't intercalate in my undergraduate year, so really? I've lost. Yeah, so I, I had this is literally scored zero in that uh, domain. So I knew I had to work on the other domains. Uh, so for postgraduate, hit the master's, and then QIPs, clinical projects, just sort of ticking the boxes, really. Yeah, I definitely on. started a few years in advance, and I think that sort of helped me. Yeah, that's a, a common theme that's coming out with the people who've been successful, is that this wasn't something that they just started a couple of weeks before the interview. This is something they'd been thinking about and building that score up for a while. So that's really good to hear you say that as well. Okay, but uh, so, so once you'd submitted your application form, how were you feeling? What, what were you thinking about the interview? Were you anxious about it? I was definitely anxious about it because I didn't know what to expect. And yeah. but I think it was good that they released the scoring and the sort of interview because obviously we had extra stations this year, the MedRed station. And I think certainly the IMT3 experience helped me a lot because in, in the DGs that I'm working, the IMT3 is definitely not a transition period. You're literally working as a reg. You're the only yeah. reg on night shift with no other senior registrars around. And it also helped that I sort of requested for a gastro job specifically for my IMT3 to my TPD because we got to sort of put in a personal statement for our IMT3 positions, posting, sorry. And so I sort of specifically requested for a gastro post in a DGH so that I could uh, sort of start acting up as a gastro reg early on. And I think that significantly helped me in my interviews because most of the questions I had sort of somehow was related to my personal experience I had in my six months of our IMT3 in gastro. Are you talking about the clinical station or other stations? Clinical stations, med reg stations. Yeah. I think those, there was a huge, I think it was 37 marks for the clinical station, if I'm not. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, sort of, yeah. So I thought that helped because the case I had, I was involved in a similar case before. Right. So I, I, I mean, I, I think it was all pure luck as well. I was just lucky in that sense, but no, it all turned out well. Yeah, I don't know if we can call it luck. You did very well in your interview. You scored full marks across the board and rank top so you know I think you 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 know you might be being humble but I'm allowed to say that so congratulations so let's talk a little bit about that interview process then so you've obviously done a lot of preparation you've done you know a great thing which is getting your clinical experience to so every day that you were working on the ward you were actually preparing as well at the same time by learning from those experiences how did you find the virtual setup for the it was different because I've never had interviews because all the IMT interviews and the F F foundation interviews were all face-to-face -face. it was a bit different and also was nerve-wracking because I was so afraid of the IT issues with logistic issues uh, you know because every anything can go wrong with the zoom interviews but no it, it went quite smoothly and and it was also helpful to have the same interviewers for all four stations because I felt like they sort of had a good holistic picture of who this candidate is instead of having four different panels so I thought that was that worked out to some sort of advantage as well yeah good I mean you, you don't need to tell us what you presented exactly but there was a lot of concern beforehand from the applicants about the presentation station and whether the panelists would be interested in it did you think that it was just a tick box exercise or do you think you were able to have a genuine conversation because the two panelists I had was hepatologists. In my case, were not hepatology related. Okay. Uh, I presented a case on Meckel's diverticulum, so far off hepatology. But they were really interested. Also, because I think it was quite an interesting case. And they had loads of questions at the end as well about Meckel's. And I thought, so that stimulated a lot of discussion. It was good that sort of we knew what we were going to present. So I had no excuse to not do well in that station. So I just sort of prepared for every single question, possible question. And unsurprisingly, all the questions they sort of asked were something that I've prepared for. So again, that helps. <laughs>
Yeah, great. That's really interesting you say that because there were a lot of people who were saying, oh, they're not sure whether you should pick a specialty specific one because what happens if you have hepatologists and you're presenting a gastro case? But it sounds like that was not an issue at all. And in my head, that makes sense because even though you're a consultant hepatologist, you still have a lot of knowledge and experience and understanding of gastro cases. And, and actually thinking about it, you may be more interested in something that you don't see every day in your hepatology yeah. clinic. So that, that may have worked in your your favorite good and so so tell me a bit about the the clinical station did you have to you don't need to talk about the stations itself but did you link your own experiences into that or how, how did you approach the thought process of, of those questions so the clinical case i had was very gastro heavy okay. uh, in, in fact it was quite niche actually so i think they were trying to find out uh, i think it was just extra bonus points if you managed to get through sort of because they were asking quite an extensive right. range of differential diagnosis um uh, I, I, I wasn't involved in many case, similar cases to the cases I had. So I sort of just took sort of a broad approach to the case. But I think they sort of were interested on how you approach the case rather than the diagnosis itself. Yeah. Uh, just like how you guys pointed out in the interview. I think what they wanted to know is, that, are you a safe medical registrar? Are you doing the right initial approach? And someone basically the consultant can trust on a night take shift when the cons- any more senior person than you are not around. Yeah. Fine. And how did you find the MedReg station? Because, you know, that's something you'd had a lot of clinical experience with, but no one really knew what it was going to be like. Was it was it okay or worse than you thought? Yeah, I thought that was a station that I was quite anxious about because no one had set for it before. And in fact, in my interview, despite that being the station with the least amount of marks, that was the station I had the most number of questions. It was all non-clinical based. And again, I thought the IMT experience I had in DGH, the soft skills that we gained uh, this year, again, I thought was uh, of advantage. So sort of soft skills station, uh, no clinical station, a question at all in that station. I mean, that's, that's really interesting because I think the thing that I'm hearing from you repeatedly is that your clinical experience was really, really useful. And that's sort of the cliche that, the TPD say which is that you learn while you're doing your job but actually it sounds like that did happen for you quite a lot so that's really good to hear and so overall how did you find the interview experience you said it was nice to have the same two people do you think you built some rapport with them and did you could you tell that they were enjoying or liking what you were saying or was it quite formal at at points no I I felt it was it was good to have the same interview for all four stations and I felt I I definitely built a rapport with them because I could see they were very interested very invested invested uh, they were paying attention to every single word you were saying and uh, you could tell because of the amount of question they were asking at the end of each station sort of knew that they were actually listening and they were really nice as well they were both hepatologists from London so I was quite anxious and I knew oh god yeah. you must be professors getting questioned some niche areas but no it was all common questions nothing out of the ordinary and no I thought it was good because you sort of build a rapport and you sort of know them by the end of the four stations yeah Oh, great. And so so just now thinking holistically, who, what sort of support did you have throughout this whole process? You know, did you turn to your family? Did you turn to your friends, people that you worked with at the hospital, the course? Where, where did you get your sort of support when you were finding things? To- friends, definitely, because most of us did apply for SD4 number this year, but okay. in different specialities, but sort of the application process was similar. So we sort of, in, in run-up to the interview, we sort of having Zoom practice and interview, we were just squeezing each other, although it was all different speciality, but uh, the medrash stations and the suitability commitment, I think it's pretty similar to most specialities. So we had lots of practice uh, interviews among us, Speaking to consultants and registrars were certainly of help. 
and uh, attending the course was of huge help uh, because I think they covered most, if not all, of the questions I had in my interview. So that obviously helped a lot. That's great. That's great. And what did you think of the video library that we had? Did you find that useful or not? Or you can be honest. No, it was useful because the case scenarios were similar to what you guys portrayed on the videos. So sort of that gave me a sort of an idea of what to expect in the interview. So that of definitely of, of, was of great help to me. Great. Okay. So I think the, the big takeaways um, that you're telling me is that use the clinical jobs and really try and get the ones that will help you answer the med reg and clinical stations by doing the specialties you want. And also the importance of applying early or sorry, thinking about your application early, right from the start, so you can score those points because you know you obviously made those marks to compensate for not having the points for the BSc and things like that, and it all worked out really well for you. So aside from those two points, any anything else you want to suggest or that you'd give? You wish someone had told you before uh, you'd started applying. I thought it was just practice, practice, practice. Because, yeah. for example, the case presentation, I was just reading through my case over and over again because I knew I had no excuse to not do well in that station. Essentially, the, the ball is in your court. And I felt like uh, the more I practiced, the more less anxious I was. And uh, also practicing with the other peers who were in similar situation was of great help. And, you no, know, I think speaking to people really helps sometimes. Yeah, I mean... You, once again, uh, Krithi Vasan, massive congratulations. You did really well. And, you know, look forward to seeing you in North, North London when you start your ST4 post. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you.